0: How many of you guys have got resolutions going? How many of you guys have got resolutions? You can just let me know. Just put your hands. You can just, it's okay. It's all right. Okay. Oh, there we go. Okay. There we go. How many of you are like me and you kind of postponed the start of your resolutions, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You see, I see you, Joe. I see you. You know, you know what the funny thing is about uh, resolutions, right? It's like when you start the year, you're pumped. And you're like, you know what? This year is going to be mega, Mega. This year hasn't seen me yet. It's going to see me. It's going to know me. This year, it's happening, right? And then you make like your, your, your list of goals, and you're like, you know, listing them all down, and you even like split them into different categories and so on, and um, it's, you know, the first of the month, first of January, and you're supposed to get up and run, right? And then you kind of, you kind of do the whole thing where you're like, okay, Okay, wait, 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 wait. Let's start next week. Okay, I need a, I need a ramp up. Okay, I need a ramp up for this, right? I need to kind of get my diet, you know, adjusted a little bit in the first week, and then from the second week, I can start exercising, right? But then what happens is that you kind of push it out again, and again, and again, and again, and before you know it, it's the long weekend in September, and you've wasted the whole year, right? You've wasted the whole year. You've ridden yourself off. Your family's ridden you off. And you actually end up asking yourself, will I ever really do something special for God? Will I really ever achieve anything meaningful with my life? You know you're not clever enough. You know you're not smart enough. You know you're not pretty enough. You don't have enough money. You don't have the greatest job. And you're kind of living month to month, week a week, or just day by day, and kind of rolling one into the next, and then you kind of reflect, and you kind of say to yourself, well, who's ever going to be willing to take a bet on me ever achieving something significant? Wasted the whole year. What am I actually going to achieve with my life? Why would God do something special with me? Well, the good news this morning is that God has chosen you. God has chosen you. God is willing to take a bet on your life. You who is not smart enough, you who doesn't have enough money, who doesn't have the greatest job, who's not spiritual enough, God is willing to take a bet on you. God has chosen you. God chooses you. And we need to remind ourselves of that every day. You know why? Because it's so easy believe the lie of the enemy, which says that we're not good enough. And because we aren't good enough, we can believe the lie that God wouldn't choose us. But the truth is that he, He has already chosen us. Your strength and the quality of your ideas are immaterial. All God needs is your faith. That's all He needs. He'll do the rest. He just needs you to believe. 1 Corinthians 1, verse 18 to 20 says, For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and the discernment of the discerning I will thwart. Where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? See, God is in the business of using the ordinary, the below average, the foolish things, the foolish people like you and me, to accomplish rich and expensive things on this planet. That's what God's all about. Using us who are unqualified to do rich and expensive things on this earth. Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus, that you're here with us this morning. Thank you, God, that uh, you're, you're speaking to us. We pray, Lord, that you would open our eyes, open our ears, and help us to trust you. In your name we pray. Amen. So, I'm a chicken and rice kind of guy, right? So I I, uh, I don't have the greatest culinary skills, but I can make chicken and rice. I can probably do, you know, uh, a roast here and there maybe. But in general, I'm I'm uh, I'm, a, I'm a basic kind of cook, right? Basic. I can maybe do eggs, a bit of bacon, some toast. I can do toast. Yeah, I can do toast. But that's that's pretty much it, right? My culinary skills go no further than that. I'm probably a lot better and a lot more suited to uh, washing the dishes. Now that I can do, right? And I'm pretty thorough. I'm, I'm like that guy that takes 10 years to do the dishes because I kind of hold the glass up to the light and kind of see, you know, is it sparkling? And if it is, then okay, we're good to go. But, um, you know, my culinary skills aren't the greatest. And when I was about 12, 11, 12... Um, I remember I was watching something on TV. I think I must have been watching something on TV. And I got inspired to make a pizza. Now, you got to understand, right? you got to understand. I'm a chicken and rice kind of guy, right? So, if we are talking about making a pizza, it's like next level. But I was inspired. So, I was excited. So, I thought I could do it, right? And so, um, I uh, got the dough ready. Got the dough ready. And... Uh, cut up some onions and some tomatoes, and I was quite focused, and this was all going to happen, and I'm making a mess, but it's okay, I'm young, I'm inexperienced. And then it's 4.30, my mom finishes work. Now, you've got to understand, right, in Africa, okay, when you make a mess in the kitchen, and your mom comes back home from work, and she sees the situation, okay, there are levels of intensity, okay, so so I was expecting that, you know, it was pretty much going to be the end of the world, right, but she took it up a notch, like, I saw something I'd never seen before with my mom, she said, nothing, now, you you, you don't understand, right, (laughs) y'all don't understand, (laughs) When you make a mess in the kitchen and your mom sees, it's very clear that the boundaries had been breached, right? My mom had clearly seen it, but she said nothing. So I figured, okay, well, I've got a good thing going here. Let me just finish, right? Let me just finish what I'm doing. So I'm making this pizza, but then halfway through, I kind of decide, why make pizza when you can make jam tart? I've got the dough. Let me do it. So I kind of switched my plan, and I kind of uh, got a jam tart thing going. But now it's, like, been taking so long. And my mom made supper around me, around my mess. She made supper. And now it's supper time, but I'm not done yet. And uh, everybody's kind of sitting at the dining uh, room table. And I'm kind of, like, rushing. And it's time to put this thing in the oven. But then I think to myself, no, 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 no. Why put the jam tarts in the oven? When I can just use the microwave, right? So I put the jam tarts in the microwave, rush for 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 supper. Supper is amazing. It's family time. It's awesome. And then I'm like, hey guys, I've got a surprise for you all. We're gonna have dessert, and we're gonna have jam tart, right? Go to the microwave, pull the jam tart out, and it is hard as rock, right? It's like. I don't even know how to explain it. They're like jaw-breaking grenades, right? That's how hard these things are, like bricks. And so I, I, I offer my family these warheads, right? And I'm like, here you go, guys. Enjoy these jam tarts on me. And, um, and everybody rejects my hard work. And everybody's like, no. And they, receive, they refuse, to, they refuse my, my dessert. But my dad... It was the weirdest thing ever. My dad, in the most loving and kind way and most encouraging way, was like, hey, I'll have that. And I was kind of shocked. I was kind of like, okay, are you sure? He had to put milk in it to just kind of soften it up a little bit. But my dad went for it. And to this day, it was really actually only when I was preparing for for this message that it actually hit me that it's crazy that my dad would have had that dessert. He had no reason whatsoever to eat that, that dessert, but he chose to do it anyway because that's what dads do. Loving fathers choose their kids every day. And that's what God has done with us. God has chosen what man has rejected because he loves us. And that's what a good father does. A story um, reminds me of a guy in the Old Testament called Jephthah. A guy called Jephthah. Now the context here is um, Judges uh, 11, verse 1 to 8. Context here in, in, in the Judges, the book of the Judges, is that uh, the children of Israel uh, were led out of captivity and uh, out of Egypt, and they're with Moses. Moses is their leader. They go into the wilderness and uh, Moses is the head, but Moses dies, and then Joshua takes over, but then Joshua dies, and then after that, you go through a period of the judges, and the judges were basically different characters, so different people that delivered Israel from their enemies, and Jephthah is one of them, and that's why we pick up the story in... um, In Judges chapter 11, a little bit further on in, I think, Judges uh, 12 or 13 is the story of Samson. So Samson is another judge. Um, But let's pick up the story in Judges 11 verse 1. It says, Now Jephthah the Gileadite was a mighty warrior, but he was the son of a prostitute. Gilead was the father of Jephthah, and Gilead's wife also bore him sons. And when his wife's sons grew up, they drove Jephthah out and said to him, you shall not have an inheritance in our father's house, for you are the son of another woman. Then Jephthah fled from his brothers and lived in the land of Tob, and worthless fellows collected around Jephthah and went out with him. After a time, the Ammonites made war against Israel. And when the Ammonites made war against Israel, the elders of Gilead went to bring Jephthah from the land of Tob. And they said to Jephthah, come, be our leader, that we may fight against the Ammonites. But Jephthah said to the elders of Gilead, did you not hate me and drive me out of my father's house? Why have you come to me now that you are in distress. And the elders of Gilead said to Jephthah, that is why we have turned to you now, that you may go with us and fight against the Ammonites and be our head over all the inhabitants of Gilead. So here's the situation. Jephthah is growing up with his half-brothers. Jephthah's mom is a prostitute, but he's growing up with his with his half-brothers, right? So it's a bit of a weird family dynamic, dysfunctional, right? Um, but they're growing up together, and as they grow up, Jephthah gets rejected by his family. His brothers uh, uh, throw him out, basically. His brothers tell him that he's not part of the inheritance. His, his brothers tell him that they can't be a, he can't be a part of the family, and so he's a reject, and he goes, right? He flees to the land of Tob. And then what happens is the Bible says that worthless individuals, worthless fellows gathered or collected around him. Now, I don't know what's worse, being rejected from your family or being rejected from your family and having worthless individuals collect around you, right? But this is what happens to Jephthah. But what does God do? God chooses Jephthah, the rejected guy, the guy who is surrounded by weird people, worthless people, the below average, the ordinary. God surrounds him with these people and he raises him up. The Bible says that Jephthah became a mighty warrior. And then the tables turned. The Ammonites, after a while, the Ammonites uh, rose up against Israel and the elders of Gilead. Basically, the brothers that threw Jephthah out basically go to the land of Tob, and they approach Jephthah and they beg him to be their leader and to lead them in battle against the Ammonites. And and Jephthah obviously does the whole snap my fingers kind of thing. You know, weren't you the guys that kind of threw me out of, you know, the family, threw me out of my father's house? And uh, they're like, yes, we know, but please, can you just help us out? And so Jephthah accepts the call and he becomes the leader of his family. The one who was rejected becomes the chosen one who then leads his family or leads the nation in bringing deliverance and bringing freedom to the nation. Why would God choose someone like Jephthah? A reject recorded in Uh, in the Bible, in history, as a judge. Why would God choose a reject to deliver the nation of Israel? Well, I think it could be for the same reason that my dad ate my jam tart. It's because he's my dad. God is our Father, and He loves us. And He's willing to place a bet on your life to do something special for Him. God loves us so He chose us. All He requires is faith. That's all God needs of you. Remember, you don't need to be clever enough. You don't need to be pretty enough, tall enough, light-skinned enough, rich enough, spiritual enough. What does that even mean? You only need faith. When you put your faith in Jesus, by grace, you are positioned. By faith, you are, 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 are positioned In Christ, in God. The Bible says that we are hidden in Christ, in God. That's a position. And when we, by grace, receive what Jesus has for us, we're blessed. So, having grace and having blessings are one and the same thing. And when you're blessed, it's not a condition. It's a position. When you're blessed, it's not a condition. It's a position. Because you see, if you were blessed based on a condition, it means that it would change as your emotions change. It would change based on your performance. It would change based on the weather. But because it's a position, you're rooted, you're fixed. It's something that God has already decided. It's already been decided. Kind of reminds me when I was watching a movie once with somebody and. You know those movies where you can, you can see that the guy is behind the main character, right? And you can see that the person is going into a situation, a dangerous situation. But the, 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 the person, the main character, doesn't know that the danger is behind them. And so the person that I was watching the movie with is trying to talk to this main character and trying to tell them, hey, don't go there, don't go there. It's, you know, it's dangerous where you're going. And I'm like... It's already decided. You can't control what's going to happen next. And it's the same with the blessing of God. By faith, you're positioned in Him. It's already decided that you are blessed. It's already been decided that you are chosen. So in a nutshell, we indeed have what it takes to do something special for God. He's called us. He's called us and He has chosen us. We have what it takes. So what now? What now that we know we are chosen, that we know that we are blessed, we know that we're in position, we know that we have Christ. So what now? 2 Timothy 1 verse 6-7. It says, for this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Do not be afraid, because through Jesus we have power, we have love, and we have self-control. Number one, power. Second Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 9 says, But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. That's what we have. When we can surrender to Christ, when we can surrender our inability, our insufficiency, when we can surrender that to Christ, His power is made perfect. So when you're going through 2019 and you're going through uh, your day by day and you're going through whatever it is that you're facing, when you experience uh, your, your lack and you ex- experience your insufficiency, remember that God's power is made perfect in your weakness. I love this part of the scripture which says, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. It's almost like putting on a jacket. That when you put on Christ, like putting on clothes. And the power of God rests on you. That's what we have. We have the power of Christ. And the Bible says that it's through the anointing that we receive that power. We're anointed. We have the power of Christ to do what He's called us to do. Number two, love. 2 Corinthians 13, 14 says, The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. That's what we have. We have the love of God shared abroad amongst all of us. We have the love of God. And because we've received the love of God, we can love one another. You know, when Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane, he's praying and he says, Jesus, may they, may they be one as you and I are one, that they may know, that people may know that you have sent me. So in other words, when we love each other, when we love each other with a brotherly affection, it points people to Jesus. 1 John 4 verse 7 says, Beloved, let us love one another. For love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. God wants us to share His love with people. You know, all we have to do through faith, all we have to do is receive the love of the Father and give it away. Receive the love of the Father and give it away. I think sometimes we make Christianity so mystical, and we try to make it this, this crazy technology and something that's so complicated. But if we could receive the love of the Father and give it away, then that's all we have to do. We're called to achieve a purpose on this planet. And the ultimate goal of what we do is to point people to Jesus. That people would know His love. That people would know His love. That as they are, they are loved. And then Jesus can take them on a journey. And God is all about doing that. God is all about taking us on a journey. Number three, self-control. Self-control. You see, when you experience the love of God, and you understand what you've been saved from, and what you've been saved to, you begin to go on a journey of sanctification where you learn self-control, where you learn self-control. Proverbs 25 verse 28 says, a man without self-control is like a city broken into and left without walls. You know this issue of self-control is like such a far-reaching thing, right? Like how many of you ate too much at Christmas? Like, I I don't know what it is, but like every single year, no matter how determined I am, no matter how strategic I am, I always end up eating too much. And this year, I was like, you know what? You know what? I'm having dessert with everybody this year, right? Because normally what happens is that I get too full, and I can't have dessert, and I only have dessert like when everybody's pretty much gone home. So this year, I was like, I'm focused. I'm determined. I'm going to have a strategy, right? Right? I'm going to just take a little bit of everything. How many of you have heard that, like when your parents are telling you, just take a little bit of everything. I'm going to have a little bit of everything, right? I'm going to have self-control. But this is what happens when you're dishing up, right? You kind of look at the casserole that's got, like, the roasted potatoes and the beef and all of that, and then you're kind of like, well, it doesn't make sense for me to have all of this stuff and none of that. So let me take a little bit of that, right? And when you do that, you realize, but wait a minute, wait a minute. I didn't realize that there was roast chicken over there as well. So let me have a little bit of that. And then before you know it, you're full and you've eaten too much. But self-control is such a far-reaching thing because God wants us to have mastery of ourselves. God wants us to have mastery of ourselves. And this is the journey of sanctification. And the power of self-control or the will to do is not something that we can generate ourselves. Because to generate self-control is like trying to lift, it's like standing in a bucket and trying to lift the bucket up. You can't. You can't do it by yourself. What you need is the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5 verse 22 to 23 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. You see, God is the one that gives you self-control. And as you exercise that fruit, you grow in it. You grow in it. So you might be saying, you know, well, I struggle with um, my temper, or I struggle with maybe it's pornography, or I I struggle with... um, temptation, or I use bad language, or whatever it is. Maybe it's drinking, or cigarettes. I don't know what it is that you struggle with, and you might be saying, I need self-control. Well, here's the good news. It's not up to you. God has already chosen you, and He's given you the fruit of self-control. If you would just believe that you're a new creation, you're a new being, and you don't have to suffer life-dominating sin. It's not who you are. You don't have to suffer it. God will give you self-control. Just exercise the fruit. So in closing this morning, I want to go back to the story of Jephthah because it has a bit of a tragic ending. Basically what happens is that Jephthah tries diplomacy, right? So he goes out uh, to meet the the Ammonite king. He sends messengers out to, to, to the Ammonites and and he basically asks them, "What's your beef, right? Why are you guys, you know, trying to make war against us?" And the say says, "Because you guys stole our land when you came up out of Egypt, and that's like centuries back." And so um, Jephthah kind of sends the messengers back, and he's like, uh, "Okay, guys, misunderstanding. That's not really what actually happened, but uh, this is what happened." And he goes through a long history of what happened when the children of Israel left uh, Egypt. And then the Ammonite king is basically like, we don't care, we want our land back. So then they are uh, preparing to go into battle. So they're going to go into battle, the war is going to happen, and then uh, before they go into battle, Jephthah makes a promise to God, and there's a lesson here. Jephthah makes a promise to God and he says, God, if you will deliver me back home in peace... And if you will give us victory over the Ammonites, I will sacrifice the first thing that comes out of my house when I return home. So it's one of those, God, if you will do this for me, I will do that for you, right? And they go out to battle, and God gives them victory. But when Jephthah goes back home, guess what the first thing to come out of his house was? His only daughter. And so he has to sacrifice his child. And here's the lesson, church. Don't make promises to God of things that you will do to repay him for the grace and favor that he has given you. Grace is a free gift, and God gives it because he loves you. You see, it's a lack of faith to ever think that you can repay God. You see, the work that we do, us fulfilling our purpose and us uh, fulfilling the will of God, is not anything that we do to ever try and repay God. It's what we do in response to His goodness and His love. That's what gives us energy. That's what gives us motivation. That's what gives us the inspiration we need to fulfill the will of God. It's responding to His goodness and that only. So now that you know that you're chosen by Him and called for a purpose, don't get sucked into making promises to God for things that you'll do for Him if He could just give you your breakthrough. Rather trust that He will give you your breakthrough simply because He loves you. When you face challenges in 2019 and you're praying and you're praying and you're seeking God and you're trusting and you you want Him to move on your behalf, don't get sucked into the trap of saying that you're going to do something for God if He will just do this for you or do that for you. Rather, trust that He's a good God. That's the gospel. Believing that God is a good God. Amen? The things that you do for Him are just a reflection of your faith in Him as a good and loving dad. And that's the simplicity of the gospel. Let's pray.